Chapter Nine of *The Burning Secret* by Stefan Schweig. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine: The Liars. Time was pressing. The Baron's holiday would soon come to an end, and the few days that remained must be exploited to the full. There was no use, both he and Edgar's mother felt, trying to break down the excited child's pertinacity. So they resorted to the extreme measure of disgraceful evasion and flight merely to escape for an hour or two from under his yoke. "'Please take these letters and have them registered at the post-office,' his mother said to Edgar in the hall, while the baron was outside ordering a cab. Edgar, remembering that until then his mother had sent the hotel boys on her errands, was suspicious. Were they hatching something against him?' he hesitated. "'Where will you wait for me?' "'Here.' "'For sure?' "'Yes.' now be sure to don't leave before i come back you'll wait right here in the hall won't you in the consciousness of his superiority he had adopted a commanding tone with his mother many things had changed since the day before yesterday at the door he encountered the baron to whom he spoke for the first time in two days i am going to the post-office to register these letters my mother is waiting for me please do not go until i come back the baron hastened past him. "'All right, we'll wait.' Edgar ran at top speed to the post-office, where he had to wait while a man ahead of him asked a dozen silly questions. Finally his turn came, and at last he was free to run back to the hotel, which he reached just in time to see the couple driving off. He turned rigid with anger, and had the impulse to pick up a stone and throw it at them. So they had escaped him after all but by what a mean, contemptible lie! He had discovered the day before that his mother lied, but that she could so wantonly disregard a definite, expressed promise shattered his last remnant of confidence. He could not understand life at all any more, now that he realized that the words which he had thought clothed a reality were nothing more than bursting bubbles. But what a dreadful secret it must be that drove grown people to such lengths to lie to him, a child, and to steal away like criminals! In the books he had read, men deceived and murdered one another for money, power, empire, but what was the motive here? What were his mother and the baron after? Why did they hide from him? What were they with their lies trying to conceal? He racked his brain for an answer to the riddle. Vaguely he divined that this secret was the bolt which, when unlocked, opened the door to let out childhood, and to master it meant to be grown up, to be a man at last. Oh, to know what it was! But he could no longer think clearly. His rage at their having escaped him was like a fire that sent scorching smoke into his eyes and kept him from seeing. He ran to the woods, and in the nick of time reached a quiet dark spot, where no one could see him, and burst into tears. "'Liars! Dogs! Mean, mean, mean!' He felt he must scream the words out to relieve himself of his frenzy. All the pent-up rage, impatience, annoyance, curiosity, impotence, and the sense of betrayal of the last few days, which he had suppressed in the fond belief that he was an adult and must behave like an adult, now gushed from him in a fit of weeping and sobbing. It was the final crying spell of his childhood. For the last time he was giving in to the bliss of weeping like a woman. 
in that moment of uncontrolled fury his tears washed away his whole childhood trust love credulity respect the lad who returned to the hotel was different from the child that had left it he was cool and level-headed he went first to his room and washed his face carefully so that the two should not enjoy the triumph of seeing the traces of his tears then he planned his strategy and waited patiently without the least agitation there happened to be a good many guests in the hotel when the carriage pulled up at the door two gentlemen were playing chess a few others were reading their papers and a group of ladies sat talking edgar sat among them quietly a trifle pale with wavering glances when his mother and the baron appeared in the doorway rather embarrassed at encountering him so soon and began to stammer out their excuses prepared in advance he confronted them calmly and said to the baron in a tone of challenge i have something to say to you sir very well later a little later edgar pitching his voice louder and enunciating every word clearly and distinctly said so that every one in the hall could hear no now you behaved like a villain you knew my mother was waiting for me and you edgar cried his mother feeling all glances upon her and swooped down on him but edgar realizing that she wanted to shout him down screamed at the top of his voice i say again in front of everybody you lied you lied disgracefully it was a dirty trick the baron went white the people stared some laughed the mother clutched the boy who was quivering with excitement and stammered out hoarsely go right up to your room or i'll give you a beating right here in front of everybody but edgar had already calmed down he regretted he had been so violent and was discontented with himself that he had not coolly challenged the baron as he had intended to but his anger had been stronger than his will he turned and walked to the staircase leisurely with an air of perfect composure you must excuse him the mother still went on stammering confused by the rather wicked glances fixed upon her he's a nervous child you know she was afraid of nothing so much as a scandal and she knew she must assume innocence instead therefore of taking to instant flight she went up to the desk and asked for her mail and made several other inquiries before rustling up the stairs as though nothing had happened but behind her she was quite conscious she had left a wake of whispered comment and suppressed giggling on the first landing she hesitated the rest of the steps she mounted more slowly she was always unequal to a serious situation and was afraid of the inevitable explanation with edgar she was guilty she could not deny that and she dreaded the child's curious gaze which paralyzed her and filled her with uncertainty in her timidity she decided to try gentleness because in a battle the excited child she knew was the stronger she turned the knob gently edgar was sitting there quiet and cool his eyes turned upon her at her entrance not even betraying curiosity he seemed to be very sure of himself edgar she began in the motherliest of tones what got into you i was ashamed of you how can one be so ill-bred especially a child to a grown-up person you must ask the baron's pardon at once i will not as he spoke edgar was looking out of the window and his words might have been meant for the trees his sureness was beginning to astonish his mother 
edgar what's the matter with you you're so different from what you were you used to be a good sensible child with whom a person could reason and all at once you act as though the devil had got into you what have you got against the baron you liked him so much at first he was so nice to you yes because he wanted to make your acquaintance nonsense how can you think anything like that the child flared up he's a liar he's false through and through whatever he does is calculated and common he wanted to get to know you so he made friends with me and promised me a dog i don't know what he promised you or why he's so friendly with you but he wants something of you too mamma positively he does if he didn't he wouldn't be so polite and friendly he's a bad man he lies just take a good look at him once and see how false his eyes are oh i hate him edgar how can you talk like that she was confused and did not know what to reply the feeling stirred in her that the child was right yes he's a bad man you can't make me believe he isn't you must see he is why is he afraid of me why does he try to keep out of my way because he knows i can see through him and his badness how can you talk like that she kept protesting feebly her brain seemed to have dried up all of a sudden a great fear came upon her whether of the baron or the boy she knew not edgar saw that his warning was taking effect and he was lured on to win her over to his side and have a comrade in his hate and hostility toward the baron he went over to her gently put his arms about her and said in a voice flattering with the excitement quivering in it mamma you yourself must have noticed that it isn't anything good that he wants he's made you quite different you're the one that's changed not i he set you against me just to have you to himself i'm sure he means to deceive you i don't know what he promised you but whatever it is he doesn't intend to keep his promise you ought to be careful of him a man who will lie to one person will lie to another person too he's a bad bad man you mustn't trust him edgar's voice soft and almost tearful seemed to speak out of her own heart since the day before an uncomfortable feeling had been rising in her which told her the same with growing emphasis but she was ashamed to tell her own child he was right and she took refuge as so many do when under the stress of overwhelming feeling in rude rejoinder she straightened herself up children don't understand these things you have no right to mix into such matters you must behave yourself that's all edgar's face congealed again very well i have warned you then you won't ask the baron's pardon no they stood confronting each other and the mother knew her authority was at stake then you will stay up here and eat by yourself and you won't be allowed to come to table and sit with us until you have asked his pardon i'll teach you manners you won't budge from this room until i give you permission to do you hear edgar smiled that cunning smile seemed to be part of his lips now inwardly he was angry at himself how foolish to have let his heart run away with him again and to have tried to warn her the liar his mother rustled out without giving him another glance that caustic gaze of his frightened her the child had become an absolute annoyance to her since she realized that he had his eyes open and said the very things she did not want to know or hear 
it was uncanny to have an inner voice her conscience dissevered from herself incorporated in her child going about as her child warning her and making fun of her until then the child had stayed alongside of her life as an ornament a toy a thing to love and have confidence in now and then perhaps a burden but always something that floated along in the same current as her own life keeping even pace with it for the first time this something reared itself up and opposed her will a feeling akin to hate mingled itself in her thoughts of her child now and yet as she was descending the stairs a little tired childish voice came from her own breast saying you ought to be careful of him on one of the landings was a mirror the gleam of it struck her eyes and she paused to scrutinize herself questioningly she looked deeper and deeper into her own face until the lips of her image parted in a light smile and formed themselves as if to utter a dangerous word the voice within her was still speaking but she threw back her shoulders as though to shake off all those invisible thoughts gave her reflection in the glass a bright glance caught up her skirt and descended the rest of the stairs with the determined manner of a player who has tossed his last coin down on the table End of chapter 9